cold enough in here, just going to ferry, complained my gran. The crisps had been flung across the floor. The tiny tyrant was trying to climb out of the trolley. The shop attendant looked at me like she seriously regretted ever asking us, how can I help? Me, my nerves were shot. There we were, the three of us, an intergenerational trio of me, my 90-year-old gran and my one-year-old daughter, a.k.a. the tiny tyrant, in Forestside Shopping Centre, trying to buy gran a mobile phone. <sighs> I honestly don't know what possessed me to attempt such a feat. Not only was the two of them in tow, but amidst the January sales shopping. Perhaps the festive season's good cheer had got to me, or maybe it was Gran's powers of persuasion on the phone. Gran had rung me up, as she often does, the week before. A wee woman from Strabane, five foot nothing in height, and weighing about as much as a ten-year-old child, my Gran is as sharp as a tack and a born survivor. The epitome of resilience, she has survived World War II, the troubles, a pandemic, a heart attack, and 60 years of smoking. <laughs> She's powered purely by potatoes, tea, and chocolate. I've never seen her drink a glass of water in my life. A force to be reckoned with, she's not a woman you easily say no to. When I see her name, Granny Greybird, flash up on my mobile, I know what to expect. We'll have a bit of a gossip. She'll tell me what I should be watching on TV that night, and I'll promise to watch it, though I never do. Then she'll command me to sit down and rest yourself before signing off with some trademark kisses blown down the phone. This phone call was a slight variation on the norm though. This time she had a request. She wanted to get out for the Saturday shop. The Saturday shop is a routine we've been in for many years, from as far back as when I was a little girl and my grand would pack me and my three siblings into her old red corset and drive us into the town centre of Moira. We'd continued this tradition into my adulthood and I would take her for a look around the shops at least once a month. A woman of routine and more than a tad bit stubborn, my gran insists that these trips absolutely have to be on Saturdays, despite it being the busiest, most frantic day to shop. Partly this is to fit into her busy work schedule. Despite being 90 years of age, my gran is still gainfully employed technically as a childminder though the child she is there to mind is now age 17. <laughs> of late, our Saturday shop routine had been rudely interrupted, not only by a global pandemic, but by the arrival of the tiny tyrant, i.e. my beloved daughter. The tiny tyrant had erupted into my life some 14 months prior, turning it upside down, inside out, round and round, and any other which way possible. Her arrival had simultaneously made my life smaller and infinitely bigger, and for a while all normal business, including any thoughts of the Saturday shop, had come to an abrupt halt as I learned to navigate the treacherous time that is new parenthood. Whilst I'd come some way from those early days, getting out and about with the tiny tyrant was still like a military operation. The kit, the snacks, and above all else, the quick exit strategy had to be in place in advance. When I got this phone call from Gran, it was clear she wouldn't be accepting any excuses though. In fact, I barely got a word in edgeways. Right, Bevan, she said, sure Saturdays will be a dry day. You pick me up between 12 and 1 and we'll go to the shops. I'm away now, see you then. She hung up the phone. I packed items for all eventualities. The change bag, wipes, hand sanitizer, the sling to carry the baby, more wipes, face masks, the all-important snacks, even more wipes. 
I drove the 40 minutes to my grand's, picked her up, and then we were on our way for the Saturday shop. We'd made it through a couple of shops without much excitement. The tiny tyrant smiled at passers-by. Grand was delighted to have found yet another navy cardigan to add to her collection of dozens of navy cardigans that she wore daily. She assured me that this one was really quite different. Everything was going swimmingly when I met my first obstacle. My gran, too proud to ever concede to sitting in a wheelchair, insisted she walk on these shopping trips of ours, despite suffering from a bad leg. She is 90 after all. As a result, she could only go so far, and on this occasion it was obviously taking its toll on her. She began stopping every 10 metres or so to take a little rest. No problem with that, except that the tiny tyrant was getting fed up in the trolley and whined every time I stopped moving. You can see the predicament. Being a solution-minded and flexible person, I overcame this challenge by wheeling the shopping trolley back and forth whilst Gran took her little rest. They both remained placated. So far, so good, I thought smugly to myself. We were walking out of Dunn's when my Gran spotted the O2 shop. The ads in that window must have been really exceptional because the woman who had never shown any interest in a mobile phone and who only ever used a landline suddenly announced she wanted to buy herself a mobile. Right, okay, I thought, skeptical but eager to keep her happy. We headed in. We were greeted by a smiling sales assistant. I told her we were looking for something that would suit my gran and she brought us over to the one non-smartphone in the shop. My gran decisively said she'd get it. The sales assistant brought us over to one of the desks. I had forgotten about that part. <sighs> about the part where you have to sit down, go through a contract and fill in a load of forms. Oh dear, I thought I could feel the flimsy cam that had only just been maintained throughout the trip about to slip away. The tiny tyrant was not one bit happy once we stopped. She wanted out, she wanted milk, she wanted to play with the pens on the shop attendant's desk. She was bored and she wanted me to fix it. Gran was not one bit impressed either. Like me, she seemed to not have realised that there'd be a boring contract part to this. Gran didn't understand about the contracts or the sims or care about the unlimited texts. And to be fair, why would she? She just wanted her phone and to get out of there. I gave the tiny tyrant a pack of Organics card puffs. Really just monster munch for babies. <laughs> Hoping that would calm her. It didn't. The snacks that I had so carefully packed just a few hours before were unceremoniously dumped all over the O2 shop floor by the tiny tyrant. The shop attendant looked more than a little peeved. Flustered, I started picking up the baby crisps and throwing them into a nappy bag. My gran was getting more and more fed up. The sales assistant stepped away from the desk for a moment. My gran took that opportunity to say loudly and in clear earshot, that woman has never done talking. <laughs> I was mortified. The very old and the very young have a lot in common. They are uncompromising, willful, utterly charming. And when they have needs, they want them met now. Between the needs of these two women, I felt completely overwhelmed. I could feel the stress in my chest, the anxiety clawing at me. This was not a new experience or feeling. I, it was one I was becoming more and more familiar with and that I was realizing comes part and parcel with the everyday stresses in the role of being mother in the role of being carer. In both my work and personal life, I'm fairly used to being in challenging situations. I have often 
being in the role of the leader, standing in front of rooms, of people, giving direction, making decisions, mediating arguments. But when faced with the raw needs of these two people, the very old and the very young, all sense of order was gone. There is no reasoning with these two extremes in a life cycle. Since having my daughter, all romantic notions of life with a child have been dispelled, and I have realised that as much as parenting is rewarding, it is also hard, really hard. Every time I drag my weary body from rest to the call of a little person in need or to clean up a mess for the hundredth time that day, I realise the strength of all the women who came before me, women like my gran. Women like my gran who have taken on the lion's share of the work and leadership at home, who have lived in the daily unseen overwhelm of life as a carer, care of children, of neighbours, of older relatives, of pets, of bills, of the household, the list goes on. Women everywhere throughout history work in more than two full-time jobs, often unacknowledged in all they do. My gran was not given many opportunities to thrive and become a leader in the sense that we think of today. Despite that, she has had an immeasurable impact on countless people she's known throughout her life, no more so than me. She took me in when living at home no longer worked. She brought me tea while I studied for GCSEs. She helped me pay for my master's education. She supported me to get onto a fast-track graduate management scheme, a scheme that has helped me realise my own potential. Now an adult, she still helps me. During our calls, I share my fears about work, about feeling intimidated by people and scared of the challenges ahead. She reassures me, telling me, don't you be a damn bit soft, Bevan. And if anyone bothers you, you tell me and I'll soon sort them out. <laughs> Such fierceness from such a tiny person. Her words always make me feel a bit braver. In this instance, though, her fierceness was misplaced and added to my stress rather than alleviating it. It was time for us to get out of there. The shop assistant returned. She had clearly heard my grand's comment, and that, coupled with the screeching baby, was definitely soaring the tone of the transaction. She continued working through the process of buying the phone. After what felt like an eternity, she asked if we wanted to set up a direct debit or have the contract for the phone added to another account. At its mine, I chirped in. The thought of the time it would take to set up the direct debit <laughs> making me desperate. She added the 24-month contract onto my already not insubstantial monthly bill. But it was worth it. Finally, we were out of there. The phone was bagged up and we were set off leaving only a trail of destruction and some car puffs behind us. <laughs> right, I think that's enough for today, I said. The car called to me like an oasis on the horizon. Just a bit longer and we would reach it. The calmness would be restored. Graham would have a seat and the tiny tyrant would have an episode of puffing rock to Cameron. We were walking towards the exit. We were nearly there. When Graham announced, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs>